turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor W. Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. In the challenging times we live in today, we believe that God's Holy Word is the single most important source to all the answers we need and are searching for. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7:24 that anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on solid rock. It is our hope with this program to help you grow in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. Each of us here today, and this message, I believe, is so relevant to what's going on in our world today. Uh, We are being led maybe forced, I don't know, certainly we are told to live in fear. And the only other option other than living in fear is to live a life of faith. There's two ways you can live your life in this world of ours. You can either live being fearful or you can live with your faith in God. You're living right now according to one of those two perspectives. Uh, Many of us are living fearfully. You wake up, you scroll the news, it's all bad news. The country seems to be transformed. Uh, Our borders are wide open. We have forced mandates. We have eroding freedoms. We have skyrocketing gas prices. We have trillions and trillions of debt. Our culture is no longer a culture that honors God. And as believers... We're becoming, the the world in which we live is becoming more and more hostile to Christianity in all of those things and even more cause those of us who are people of faith to become fearful and you get a point where you just want to run but you don't know where to run and there's this feeling like I just want to go up in the hills, get up in the hills and get away from everything that's happening. And David, who wrote the 27th Psalm, we're going to look at Psalm 27, David wrote this. And the person who wrote this, David, as he writes, he's on the run himself. He loves God, he loves the things of God, but he's under attack. And so he flees, and he flees to the hills. He he, he runs to the hills, And, and he's on the run because King Saul who is literally, literally trying to kill him, his life is being threatened, or he's running or hiding, escaping from one of his other enemies. Either way, David, just like all of us, has to choose, in spite of his circumstances, am I going to live fearfully or am I going to live a life of faith? There's an old, old television show called Columbo. Does anybody remember the television show Columbo? Now, if you raise your hand, you're old. 
But uh, Columbo was one of the first detective shows. Most of the shows on television, the good ones, are detective shows. So he was kind of a strange guy, but he was always showing up, and you, he, he'd just get on your nerves because he would show up unannounced, and he would just start asking questions. And he'd just ask you all these questions, and it'd, it'd drive you crazy. And then he'd start to leave. Every show was the same. He'd start to leave. And then he'd stop, and he'd turn back, and he'd say these words. He'd say, hey, just one more thing here, one more thing. Well, it leads me to ask each of you, in the midst of our crazy world, with everything that causes you to live in fear, of all the questions that you've ever asked God, and we all ask God questions, but if you could ask God for just one more thing, just one more thing, what would you ask? David, in our text, he asked God for one thing. And as we study Psalm 27, my prayer is that all of us should have such faith as David. Let's begin Roman number one in your notes. I only have three major points. David has complete confidence in the Lord. He has complete confidence. Everybody say the word confidence. There comes a point for every one of us when the storms of life come and they're going to come. When we find ourselves in the midst of a trial, we have to make a decision at that point. Are we going to trust in ourselves? Are we going to put our faith in people? Faith in the government? Are we going to put our faith in things? Or are we going to put our faith in God? David, in this psalm, is in the midst of a trial. As bad as any trial that you're going through, he is going through a trial. Death is right around the corner for him. He's, what, he's in what I call a frightening situation. And here's what he says in Psalm 27, verse 1. He says, the Lord. Everybody say, the Lord. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He says, the Lord is my stronghold. He's the stronghold of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? And then he says in verse 2, and this is what was going on when he wrote this psalm, when evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, and when my enemies and my foes attack me, I'm not the one who's going to stumble and fall. They're the ones who are going to stumble and fall. And then he says in verse 3, though an army, an army, and I'm not talking about a few people, though an entire army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against, not two nations, though war break out against me, even then, he says, will I be confident. Is that a statement or a question? It's a statement. He's saying, even though I'm attacked on every side, my confidence is completely continuing to be in the Lord because I know that the Lord is going to deliver me. I want you to write this down. We need to be trusting in God in the midst of every trial. Whatever the trial, your trust should be in God. Amen? I heard about this woman, she was in, she's from Arkansas, and she was sitting in her car, 
And she heard this loud bang. It was loud. And then she felt this sharp pain in the back of her head. And she reaches up and she grabs her head like this. And um, all kinds of pain. Her car window was down. And somebody walked by and said, are you okay? And she said, I've been shot in the head. And I'm holding my brains in. And she hadn't been shot. What happened was there was a Pillsbury biscuit canister in the back seat. And it was really, really hot that day. And the canister exploded and shot the dough to the back of her head, and she's holding on to it. And the point is that sometimes our fears are like that lady's fears. They are unfounded and they're irrational. But sometimes our fears are founded and they are rational. That's just the way it is. But either way, whether your fears are rational or whether your fears are irrational, we should live each day like David with complete confidence in God's ability to see us through any situation. <laughs> Proverbs 3.5 says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean upon your own understanding. Psalm 118 verse 8 says, It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5 says that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I know that's not easy all the time. I mean, as Christians, we're people of faith. So when you're in the midst of that trial, this is where your faith kicks in, to know that God's in control. If you've ever seen a trapeze show, like at a circus, you've got two people and they're swinging on these swings. And one of them's a flyer and one of them's a catcher. One of them, as they're swinging, one of them eventually lets go and they're literally flying through the air. That's the flyer. They both can't let go and catch each other. That doesn't work. One's got to stay on the swing, and one jumps off. He flies off. He arcs his body. He flies through the air. He's going towards the catcher. And at that moment, the flyer only has one responsibility, and that is he's flying through the air. He's supposed to reach out his hands and not move them. He's just supposed to reach out and trust that the catcher is going to pluck him out of the air. And the most dangerous thing the flyer can do as he's flying through the air is try to reach up and grab the catcher. That's not how it works. The flyer flies through the air, extends his hands, and waits and trusts and believes and has confidence that the catcher is going to reach out and save him, grab him, hold on to him. Do you understand that? And that's the exact same thing we're supposed to do anytime we're supposed to go through a trial. You're supposed to reach out your hands to God and believe and trust that he's going to grab a hold of you. That's David. David is going through a trial, yet he knows that God's going to protect him. He knows that God's going to deliver him. He knows that he's in a very dangerous and a very fearful situation. He doesn't deny that. He is vulnerable, 
he understands there's nothing he can do, that a vast army is approaching against him, and so he has no option but to trust fully, putting all his confidence in a God who never fails, and you and I should do the same. Number two, David was not only confident in the Lord, his confidence was not in himself, but David was consumed. I want you to say the word consumed. David, in the midst of this trial, this storm, he was consumed with the Lord. Now, some of you are consumed with all things concerning the Dodgers. You just are. Or the Lakers. Or food. Anybody consumed with food? Or fashion? Or your house? Or your hobby? Or your hubby? (laughs) Or your vocation? Or your vacation? The word consumed means to be completely absorbed and controlled by one's passion or desire for something or someone. David had such desire, such passion, but his desire was to be in the presence of God. For he says in verse 4, and this is the main point of emphasis in this message, he says, though I'm pursued by all these enemies, I'm putting my trust in God, but there's one thing. Everybody say one thing. There is one thing. This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, not one day a week, no. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. I want you to write this down quickly. He said, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to behold or look or gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And I want to inquire in the temple of the Lord. The word dwell means to stay, to remain, to not go anywhere else, to just be in the presence of God. He wants to gaze or behold the beauty of the Lord, which you don't look at God and think about how beautiful he is. What he's saying there is, I want to look and think and, 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 and consider all the good that God has done in my life. That's what that phrase means. You're not just looking at God and saying, oh, God's beautiful. No. He, when, he, when he says, I want to look and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, he's saying, I just want to be in the presence of God, and I want to look and consider all the things, all the good things that God does in my life each and every day. And then he says, I want to inquire of the temple, which means I want to understand what God's will is for me. David was a man after God's own heart. He was a warrior. He was a born leader of men. He was courageous. He was a conqueror. He was a strategist. He was a singer. He was a soldier. He was a worshiper. He was a prince. He was a poet. He was a prophet. But there was one thing he wasn't. By any stretch of the imagination, he wasn't a priest. Nor could he ever be a priest. Because privileges such as being allowed into the inner sanctuaries of the tabernacle were reserved only for the men that were born in the tribe of Levi 
to the family of Aaron, not to the men that were born to the tribe of Judah that came from the family of Jesse like David. What David wanted was almost impossible. You have to remember that back in David's day, they did not have what we have today, which is called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In order for them to go and be with God, they had to go to the temple. They had to go to the tabernacle because that is where they believed God lived. And this desire that David had to go to the inner sanctuaries of the temple or the tabernacle, that wasn't a passing or trivial thought. It was the daily passion of his heart. He said that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, not just on the Sabbath, not just on special occasions, not just on special holidays, but I want to be there each and every day of my life. He also did not attend services in the temple out of a sense of duty. He longed to be in the presence of God because that's where his treasure was. That's, his heart was there also. He had a deliberate passion. He had a daily passion. He had a discerning passion. He wanted to be in the presence of God. He wanted to have an intimate relationship with the Lord and to just catch a glimpse of his beauty, to inquire, to seek the Lord, and to stay, and to remain, and to be fully immersed in the presence of God. That is what consumed him. I want to ask you this question. Do you know what God's greatest desire is for you? Do you know what his desire, God's desire, his greatest desire, right? You just look at it. It's you. You are his greatest desire. God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. But the question is, is he your greatest desire? Now, the Bible tells us that wherever two or three or more are gathered, that God is there. And as I look around, that means that he's here today. Right now, this very moment, God is here. And he's here every time we gather. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, that you and I are not supposed to forsake the assembly, which is the church. Now, I know this is not a common or a popular topic in America today, but the word church in the Bible is a Greek word, and the Greek word is the word ekklesia. The word ekklesia in the Greek is a word that means the called out assembly. That's what the church is. It's an assembly, a gathering of people who have put their faith and trust in God. Now, David had to... Now, I I know this, I know this, that we live in the New Testament and that God's Spirit lives within us. God's Spirit lives within us, so He's in me. So wherever I go, God is with me. I understand that. But all of that Old Testament tabernacle and the temple... And that's where they believe the presence of God. That was all foreshadowing that in the New Testament, there would be a thing called the church. It's all the way through the New Testament. 
And anytime you see or read about the church in the Bible, it's talking about the people who gather together for the purpose of worshiping God and being in the presence of God. There should be a longing and a desire in your heart each and every week to be here. I look at the Dodger game. There's 50,000 people at the Dodger game, 50,000. This year, they had 2.8 million people go to a Dodger game. And that's okay. I, I, I have no issues if you want to go to a Dodger game. Last weekend, the Raiders played the Chargers. There were 60,000 people there. I saw lots of people posting pictures. They were at the football game, but they don't come to church. It's okay. I have no qualm with you going to a football game, basketball game, wherever you want to go. But the reason people go to those sporting events is because that's the longing of their heart, you see. And as Christians, if you're a believer... You should have a longing to be in the house of God. The airports are jammed. The sports arenas in this country right now are jammed. The grocery stores are full of people. Coffee shops are full of people. The casinos are wall-to-wall people. Even the weed shops are probably full of people in California. But the houses of God all across this country are empty today. Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Dudley continues with today's message here on Lift Up Jesus. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. 
These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.